there. Hi. For those of you that know me, welcome back. If you know me from my podcast, Invisible Wounds Healing from Trauma, um, I'm glad you've joined me on this new journey. And for those of you that don't know me, my name is Carrie Walker. I am a survivor of lifelong trauma, beginning from my earliest memories. I have my own organization, Invisible Wounds Healing from Trauma, which is a podcast, supports services for those who've experienced trauma like myself, and my certified trauma and resiliency life coaching services, speaking engagements, and a lot more. My good friend Paula Walters and I, late last year, began talking about what kind of other ways we might be able to work together and best support other survivors of trauma like us. We decided to merge our podcasts and the courageous journey was born. And that is our new endeavor, our new podcast together, The Courageous Journey. Paul and I both wanted to introduce ourselves to each other's audience. I mean, why would you listen to someone you don't know, right? Our goal in this new podcast is to connect with you in a deep and meaningful way. And that is so very important to both of us. So my history could take hours to explain, but I'll try to condense it so I don't lose you along the way. My childhood was full of dysfunction, instability, trauma, and other events that would completely shape me forever. My parents were completely toxic, alcohol and drug addicted, and completely clueless as to how to be parents. My father told me when I was in my 30s, very frankly, your mother and I never should have married and had children. Well, that completely stopped me in my tracks. But from his point of view, it was true. My mother was seriously chronically ill and she was she had multiple severe illnesses and she was in the hospital more than she was home. My father was a workaholic traveling salesman and was often gone, which was fine with me because when he was home, he was drunk and frankly mean. I became my mother's caretaker from, I think it was about three years old. She literally told me that the reason she was still alive was me. And I took that as absolute gospel truth. My dad's job moved us around all the time, so we were always having to pick up and go. And it was just constant instability and uncertainty from a little kid's point of view. My parents fought every night. They didn't get along. So my world, I felt like I was just always climbing uphill on a mound of pebbles. I never knew when the ground was going to get pulled out from underneath of me. I became a completely terrified kid. I was terrified of everything. I was afraid to go to sleep at night. I was afraid to wake up in the morning. I was afraid to go to school. I was always the new kid at school and I got bullied. And I mean, beat up and bullied constantly. I was afraid to come home because I never knew what was going to happen at home. Was mom going to be in the hospital? Was dad going to be drunk? Was there going to be fighting, arguing? Were we going to have to move? So that constant fear and hypervigilance as a child completely rewired my brain for survival mode. 
And that kept up all the way up until now through adulthood. So fast forward to my little sister, Erin, being born when I was eight. She was the light of my life. She drove me crazy, as all little siblings do, but I loved her, I raised her, and I cared for her. So she was, I mean, she was, in essence, she was like my child. When I was 13 and she was six, she died very suddenly, unexpectedly, and tragically. And that took our already completely dysfunctional family and just catapulted us off into the stratosphere. It was horrible. A month to the day later, my grandfather, my mother's father, who lived with us, whom I adored, died a month to the day later. And as my parents were taking him out of the house to take him to the hospital, they never called ambulances. They just always bundled people in the car and and took them. I never understood that. But I was by myself at home in the dark and I fell to my knees and something in me broke. It was a physical feeling I can still remember. I shattered into a million different pieces and that changed me overnight. I went from being a compliant, dutiful child to not caring about anything or anyone, period and least of all myself. I became an angry, rebellious, drug-addicted teen who absolutely didn't care what anybody told her. And my parents had absolutely no idea how to control me or stop me, and they didn't. So I was allowed to be self-destructive and hurt myself in far more ways than I hurt anybody else. I ran away from home at 16, and it was then that I met the man that would become my nightmare. Over the course of three years, I was in an extremely violently abusive relationship, not just physically. It was in every way possible. And it took me five times of leaving and returning to the relationship before I left for good. And the, the average that it takes to leave a relationship for good is seven times. So I was about 20, left for the last time, ended up back at my parents' house. And four months after I got back, I suffered a ruptured brain aneurysm. Never knew I had it, never had any symptoms, but one day it just blew and it should have killed me. The doctors didn't think I would survive, but I did. I was very, very lucky. And it was during the testing at that time that I went through that it was discovered I had scarring and other evidence of traumatic brain injury uh, that was due to the abuse I had suffered. So that was quite a revelation through all of that. So I eventually married, had two beautiful kids. But things were always a struggle for me. I was very high functioning, high achieving. And at one point, I actually had three full-time jobs. I don't remember that year much, neither do my kids. 
but um, it was like I had to work. If I worked harder and better than anybody else, somehow that would prove my worth, right? Doesn't work. My mental health was an absolute mess. And I mean, I suffered from depression, PTSD, anxiety, you name it, I had it. I self-sabotaged. I would do things like binge eat and gain a lot of weight. And then I would go to the other extreme and starve myself losing 50, 60 pounds and not eating. And I had no idea why I behaved and reacted to things in the way that I did. And it wasn't until much later that I realized I was trying to outrun my trauma. And of course, it didn't work. So fast forward to 2011. I was living in rural Ohio. That's where I consider I'm from. We lived, my family lived there longer than I'd lived anywhere else. And I needed a job and I was in an absolutely horrible point in my life. So I applied to be an overnight advocate at a very small local domestic violence shelter. And in doing so, I began to find my purpose. Working with the families that came into shelter just resonated all the way to my soul. And I knew I was doing what I was meant to do. So finally, in 2012, right before Christmas, I moved to Phoenix, Arizona. That's a, another really long story. Um, and I found a job at one of the largest domestic violence shelters in the state. And it was in Phoenix. I, again, began as an overnight advocate. And over time, I moved up to a coordinator position and I ended up helping develop and run this shelter's traumatic brain injury collaborative program. Along the way, somewhere in there at 51, I found a way to go back to college and I'd always hated school. School was just a nightmare for me. All the bullying, all the fear, learning was impossible, but I decided I was going to give college a try. I ended up graduating four years later with honors with my bachelor's degree in sociology. And I'm still really super proud of that. I didn't think I'd be able to do it, but I did. So over the years, I have connected with lots and lots of brilliant leaders in the field of domestic violence or intimate partner violence and traumatic brain injury. Since April of 2022, I have worked for my longtime friend, mentor, and staunchest supporter, Dr. Hirsch Handmaker and his organization, the Cactus Foundation. We work to promote research, develop programs, initiatives, and solutions for those who have suffered intimate partner violence and traumatic brain injury. And I am lucky enough to work with brilliant professionals and leaders in this field from around the world. So I'm going to jump around a little bit. In 2022, wanting to learn more about trauma, I registered for a course at the Arizona Trauma Institute to become a certified trauma support specialist. Mind blown, this course completely opened my eyes to all things related to trauma and just how devastating it can be and how far reaching the effects really go. That really, for the first time, began my healing journey. From uh, 2022 to June of 23, I took a course to become a certified trauma and resiliency life coach and learning about trauma informed care, which the basic tenets of that are 
what happened to you as opposed to what's wrong with you completely changed my life. I really began to understand trauma on a much deeper level. So also in late 2022, I had never listened to podcasts. My son, Ryan, is all things podcasts. And I began, but I kind of began to listening to what was out there, you know, podcasts on trauma. And I was frankly, I was kind of discouraged as to what was available. There didn't seem to me to be a real life person with lived experience of trauma voice out there that was relatable and made sense to me. So I began to think about what it would take to do one myself. And I didn't know anything about them or how to do them, but I learned quickly. I learned I have to do it. You have to do it to learn it. And um, in January of 2023, Invisible Wounds Healing from Trauma hit the airwaves and has been a weekly podcast since that time. And it was such a wonderful experience for me. I have been able to connect with so many people around the world who listen to the podcast, who can relate to it. Um, and it just, again, fueled my passion and made my heart really, really happy. You know, as well as working for Cactus now in my own organization, I work as an administrative assistant for a very good friend of mine, helping to build and grow her trauma-informed organization from the ground up. And I take part in many other collaborative groups. I do speaking and training wherever I'm asked. And I get to work remotely from home. And I absolutely love what I do. So in getting back to Paula and I, in working with her, you get two people with similar trauma histories, but two completely different individuals. We really relate well to each other. And it's our hope that our discussions and in our episodes that you will find elements of your own story as well. We'll also talk about what has and has not worked in our own healing journeys. And we'll give you real world tools that you might find helpful in your own healing. Paul and I both want you to know that we are available to answer questions, respond to feedback, comments, whatever's on your mind. You can find us, this is all going to sound repetitive, but you can find us on our website, thecourageousjourneypodcast.com. You can email us at thecourageousjourneypodcast at gmail.com and we will answer you. You can find us on Facebook at The Courageous Journey Podcast, on TikTok at The Courageous Journey Podcast, Instagram, also The Courageous Journey Podcast, and on YouTube at, you guessed it, The Courageous Journey Podcast. We can't wait to share all of the wonderful things that we're coming up. We have so many ideas and things that we want to do, things we want to talk about, we're really super excited to start this journey with you. And we can't wait for you to come along with us. Thank you so much for listening. And we'll talk soon.